0: We were always so
1: welcome to Beers and Banter, a Mike and Colin podcast, the show where 2 longtime friends get together to enjoy adult beverages and talk nonsense about the stuff they love. This week we're talking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin. Now a couple orders of business before we get started. First, this is a deep dive, so consider this your spoiler warning. And secondly, ostensibly, this is an adult show fueled by adult beverages. There's going to be a lot of adult language, so earmuffs for all little Padawans out there.
0: Michael, how you doing? I am excellent today. Yeah. Yeah. Radical. <laughs> <laughs> gnarly.
1: Did they? Did the turtles ever say gnarly? I don't know. <laughs> they, they definitely said radical.
0: They said Bossa Nova.
1: Did they say Bossa Nova <laughs> no, in the first bossa movie? Bossa Nova.
0: And then they're like Bossa what? Nova. And it's like Chevy Nova.
1: Chevy Nova. That was a it's real like, ra- That was Don, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, no, know, Mikey. Was that Mikey. was Mikey.
0: That was the first movie. Yeah, that was. That the was movie. like the first joke in the first movie.
1: Oh. <laughs> 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 really, really reaching for it. Yep. Yep. Excited because today we're doing uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The yeah. Last Ronin.
0: I have uh, had a long history with the Ninja Turtles in my life. Mm. So, uh, and yeah, this comic was excellent. So
1: Very excellent. Let's yeah. talk about the beer first. We'll talk about the beer first.
0: Yeah. What as, do we got on today? As usual. So we're drinking a Strange Fellows Brewing. Mm-hmm. Um Talisman, West Coast Pale Ale. Yep. So... Smells delicious.
1: It smells good. It's only four
0: percent. Light, so it's light a drinking. Super light beer, but it's it's actually very thick.
1: That almost falls out of beer into like rattler space. Four <laughs> percent. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was surprised too, but it smells real tasty. Citrusy. So give it a go. You give it a go. I'll talk about it a little I, bit. Later. I
1: am a real fan of Strange Fellows, so I'm looking yeah. forward to this.
0: Yeah. It's tropical, mm. hoppy, golden.
1: Let's give this a go. Mm.
0: Very tasty. Wow, that is light, though. Yeah. Right? You, yeah. Can, you can taste that it's light. Like, it has full of flavor.
1: It is very flavorful. Very
0: flavorful, but you can taste that it's but a not, light beer.
1: not, as we would say, full-bodied.
0: Yeah, which is weird for a pale ale.
1: It'll, it'll be a real breezy drink for a pale ale, absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: This would be a really good entry pale ale for people. Yeah. Like, super easy to drink, but it's got that that thicker, fruity flavor.
1: I thought we hadn't featured Strange Fellows Brewing yet, but you reminded me we did it for WandaVision. That so. is
0: true, yeah. But yep. this will be the second feature. That's fine.
1: Nope. But uh I'm a big fan of their beers. The one we did for yep. uh the Red Haven for WandaVision was, so was excellent. Yeah. And this is again, uh at four percent is the same as Stanley Park's Electro. It's kind of a yep. light beer profile.
0: Yep, but so, not not a lager like no. usual. So
1: nope. Nice nice summer drink.
0: Yeah. It's gonna go down real easy, that's for sure. Oh. It's got good mouthfeel. feel. It does. But a lot of light beers don't have that, right? They're kind of no. just watery. This no, is, this they're is just smooth. watery. It
1: it has it mm. it tastes like a beer. Like, well, yeah. the mouthfeel is like a regular beer. Yeah. It's like I'm drinking a beer.
0: It's good.
1: But you can tell, like you said, on the back end how Super light, light it is. It's crisp. Yeah, very crisp. For
0: a pale ale, that's not what I think of.
1: No. So, so. um I'm gonna drink this fast.
0: It's gonna go down real fast. <laughs>
1: real fast. So
0: just like I read the comics fast.
1: Oh, yeah. Should we talk a little... We'll say Ninja Turtles preamble before we yeah, really sure. get into it. Okay. You and I are, are both of the age.
0: We are of the perfect age.
1: The perfect age. Yep. When Ninja Turtles kind of exploded into the yes. pop culture consciousness. Yep. I remember when I was a kid and the c- the cartoon first came out. And it's actually a pretty similar story of uh, the Transformers and G.I. Joe. Yeah. When they first came out, I thought it was the coolest shit I had ever seen. Yep. Yep. And both those shows, and Ninja Turtles especially, were helped by incredible early episodes. Yes. And I'm like, this is obviously the best show I ever made.
0: And all of those things, those examples you give were developed to sell toys.
1: Yes. Well, that was <laughs> very Oddly much enough. a thing of the 80s. Yes. But boy, did they sell toys. Yes, they did. I mean, and vi- made video games and whatever. You could not for a Marketed series,
0: to the nth degree.
1: Marketed, yeah. You could not get Lunchboxes, away Lunch Lunchboxes. You could not sandals. get away-
0: I had Ninja Turtle shoes.
1: Yeah. 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 They had Ninja Turtles, everything. Yes. You couldn't get away you couldn't escape it. No. And it's in the last I'd say twenty years kind of faded into the background as in terms of the pop culture, culture consciousness. I mean there were even before we started today, you're like, I, I forgot that Michael Bay even made two movies.
0: That's right, I forgot about that. They had
1: two Ninja Turtle movies, which I did not see. Did you see?
0: I saw them, yeah. So
1: <laughs> Well, that's even worse. Yeah, I saw them and still <laughs> I, forgot about you're them. you're like, oh, right, those were a thing. Right, right. <laughs> you know, but when I heard that they were doing this yeah. and the there was a real excitement about it.
0: Yeah, I I, I was very excited. So my Ninja Turtles story goes like this. The yeah, first okay. introduction to Ninja Turtles for me was I actually saw the toys. Oh. I remember being at, I think it was Zeller's or Kmart, you know, yeah, one of those yeah, stores. yeah. Going to the toy section, and being like, "What are these?" Right, and they were literally still in the box. Like the some foolish stalker hadn't put them on the shelf yet. The box was sitting there open, and they were sitting in there.
1: Oh, and so I pulled, was as like a kid, there was a pallet
0: it was like it was just like yeah, sitting out there, just and sitting just out a there, box? waiting to go on the shelf. And I was right. like, "What is this?"
1: So they hadn't been stocked yet.
0: They had not been stocked yet. So I pulled them all out, and I was like looking at them, and I was like, "I have to have this." And luckily, my parents were nice enough, and they let me get one. And I picked Raphael because my favorite color at the time was red, so I picked mm. Raphael. So that was my first introduction. And then the toy was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah. And so much so that when I found out that it came from a comic that I made my dad take me to the comic store and I got Ninja Turtle comics and I didn't get the ones based off the cartoon. I got the original Ninja Turtle comics. I didn't even, as a kid, I was like, these are weird because they were not kids comics. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're very adult oriented. And I was like, these are kind of boring. Like as a kid, I was like, and now I treasure them because they're amazing.
1: I had no idea that you had like that early, some of the comics from that early Mirage yep, the run. The Mirage run, yep. Because I remember I was first exposed to Ninja Turtles to, like I said, the cartoon, the yes. very first season, which was like, a, I think a five or six episode limited run. And it was fairly it serious, was... but even still like very much no, it was... made for TV it was relative for to the comics. Yeah. It was made for kids and to sell toys. And a friend of mine had gotten a copy like of those early first few yeah. Of that Mirage run. And I, I was, it wasn't for kids.
0: No, definitely uh,
1: not. And that also took me aback. I'm like, cause it was black and white. Yep. And the art somewhere, style. Some in color. <laughs> somewhere in color. uh, The art style was very different. Very different. You know, uh, it was gritty, which I did not appreciate as a kid. You know, nope, cause that's, exactly. when you're 10, you don't give a shit about that kind yeah. of stuff. And it changed from
0: my experience too, Is I got a bunch of them, it changed from book to book the art style and yeah. like the continuity yeah. didn't like they would follow small arcs or a few, few comics and then it would change completely. Yes. And as a kid, it's very jarring. You're like, what is going on? Because I don't it's understand. Not an
1: extended narrative, right? Like exactly. it's almost like tales of the turtles.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, but now I really appreciate it, but yeah, that was my experience. And then I got into the cartoon, which I loved. And then of course I started collecting all the toys. Cause that was my favorite thing. I had all the Ninja turtle well, you, don't, you don't got to tell me that. I know, I know. I still have I still have a <laughs> box of them. Right? You know.
1: Can I embarrass you and tell this story? Oh, go ahead. I helped you move once. Yes. And I'm like, I said to you, I was helping you move. I'm like, I can't believe you have an entire fucking box of Ninja Turtles figures. And you go, and you go, that's just the turtle box. Yes. The enemy box is over there. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I
0: still have them all. It's actually a foot from you right now. Oh, hey. It's right there.
1: His- history in here. hmm Yeah.
0: But yeah. So, I loved the Ninja Turtles growing up. Yeah. I was heavy into them.
1: And, I love I the video games. Yeah. When the movie oh, came man. out, I was so pumped. The arcade I game. I spent movie. a
0: ton of money at 7-Eleven playing oh, the arcade yeah. game. And then I got it on Nintendo. And we got it on Nintendo. And played it to death. Yep. And it's one so- of the only games on Nintendo I actually beat. Because it was hard to beat a game on Nintendo. There was no save places. and
1: What, the very first... Ultra Games one?
0: Not the first one. The first oh. one I, that was impossible. I couldn't beat. No one can oh, beat that like, game. I'm
1: like you're you're an OG because I pulled a lot of all nighters just trying to
0: that game was disarm impossible. the
1: bombs on the dam.
0: Ugh, that game was impossible. Oh, I, I can't yeah. even.
1: I was, so many frustrated but the first, hours. the, the first side scrolling fighting one I beat,
0: the Ninja Turtles two, the yes. arcade game that was yeah. what it was called. Yes, yes, that's the one I'm talking about. But it's so much fun. And then of course, Turtles in Time came out and.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah their yeah. their
0: video games are legendary. They're oh, amazing. especially
1: that era. They were incredible video games. Yeah. 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 Tournament Fighters 2 is a, an underrated fighting game from that era, especially, yeah. right? But I mean, the long, long and short of it is that for people of a certain age, I don't think you appreciate how big the Ninja Turtles were. Was. That's right. They had this run of maybe five or six years where it was the coolest thing for kids. That's right
0: and they even made an indie movie like the movie that came out wasn't a big production movie it was an independent film like a, like a small studio made it
1: yeah and but
0: it was the biggest movie of the year
1: but it it, it kind of leaned into interesting themes like the first movie actually holds up incredibly well
0: it does it's kind of it, more it leaned more into the adult stuff yeah the first one
1: very much so yeah
0: but anyways we're getting off topic a little just the, a little just a little the point p- is ninja turtle Priya, the point is when they when this came out I don't think I learned about it until the first step the first uh issue was already out the last ronin. I think you told me about it. Yeah, uh,
1: I I had the first couple were already out. Yeah. When I had learned about this.
0: But I was super super excited. Yeah. Uh because this is a story that was actually thought of back when the original run was made. Mm-hmm. So Eastman and Laird had this idea back in the day. Yes. And never developed it. Yeah. And now they've now Kevin Eastman has come back to it.
1: In 1987, they were already kind of looking at the end game of the series, yeah. Like, how would we end the Ninja Turtles? And this was keep in mind before that the cartoon was, first was even on even TV. Made.
0: Yeah, exactly. Before right? they were big.
1: I mean, the thing exploded; it be- took on a life of its own. Yeah. What had happened was that um, Kevin Eastman and Tom Waltz, who had been for IDW, had been were approaching. Yeah. I think issue 100. They wanted made, to do some, yeah the
0: first hundred issues. I yeah. mean
1: IDW on a comic book side has had this IP for quite a while now. Yeah, and they wanted to do some kind of blowout. Yeah, you know, like they're like we need to tell a big Ninja Turtle story as yeah. a kind of celebratory thing, and and, and Kevin Eastman's like, well, uh, me and Peter Laird already kind of mapped this out idea. Yeah, you know, and it was kind of like a the lost manuscript as they went out and. And, uh, and Kevin Eastman found it in a file folder called like funky ideas, Yeah, you know, but it's literally from like 1987 yeah. of how the turtles, their, their last their story, vision of the ending, Yeah, their vision, exactly. their vision of the end, how it would end now in the original manuscript, some of the ideas, even from them, the 35 years old, some of them remained.
0: Oh, they, they actually got some, eh?
1: Some, I mean, variants of like, uh. Like, because I, I read a bit of an oral history of the creation of the last Ronin last night. And uh, even from the original manuscript, the idea originally was that uh, Splinter and Raphael would get into a, a a blowout. Right. And Which makes sense. And Raphael injures Splinter and leaves the turtles in shame. Okay. And from there, the turtles kind of start to fragment. Right. Like, uh, Splinter's health takes a turn for the worst. Yeah. Donatello takes him to, J- to Japan to see out his last years. Okay. And... Okay, before we really get into it, <laughs> if this is something you think that you're going to enjoy for yourself and want to read it, duck out now. Yeah, go I don't want to discourage sure. people from ever listening to the podcast, yep. but triple spoiler warning for this. Yes. like Because a lot of big things happen. Yeah, a lot of big things happen. So anyways, Donatello takes Splinter to Japan to yep. see out his the end of days, and they're out of pocket, so they don't hear from them anymore. And Mikey and, and Leo are the only ones left, Yeah, and they piss each other off.
0: and so they make sense which this ultra serious one with the ultra comic one yeah that makes sense
1: and so they all go their separate ways really and they're all kind of lost yep april basically has to get the gang back together right okay you know is is kind of how it goes down like she had already had kids with casey jones okay but she remarries it doesn't go well but at any rate, this was it was always meant to be 30 or 40 years in the future. Yes. And, yeah, the Oroku clan do make their final move.
0: While they're separated, while which just makes while, sense.
1: Exactly. While, while the Hamadas, while the turtles are fragmented, yeah. that's when they move to, you know, to- That's just
0: good strategy.
1: Of course, it's good strategy. But April needs to pull them all together to- Right. And that was the kind of more or less- the And the details are different. But right. the themes are very much the same. Right. It plays out fairly similarly. Yeah. Which is kind of cool because it's, I mean, 35 years ago, they kind of came up with the, the basic this idea. prototype of yeah. the end of day's turtle story.
0: Yeah. That's
1: and pretty it, cool. It very much plays out that way, right?
0: Yeah. I like, that's one uh, thing that, that as a kid gets lost, got lost even on me, like I was alluding to the comics. Yeah. Was how adult oriented the Ninja Turtles were when they were first created. Yeah. Like, Eastman and Laird's Ninja Turtles are not the Ninja Turtles that the world generally knows. No. And so that's something that now as an adult, I really appreciate. Like yeah. Reading this, I went back and, and was like, oh, I should reread the comics I have. And in fact, I was like, I should dive right back in and read the Mirage run. Yeah. just I would probably love it. You know what I mean? Right? Like, I love the Ninja Turtles and I love the adult theming. I was like, why wouldn't I read this? And was- I never have. I've never gone back and read the original run.
1: It is such a novel idea for the time. Yeah. But I think prima facie, it just looks so ridiculous. And I think, but I'm like no more ridiculous than anything else in comics.
0: Yes. Well, so, it's funny because I know we like, you probably know where they got their inspiration for the Ninja Turtles from too. And it kind of makes sense because they kind of came up with this goofy idea, but they were, they loved the serious comics. So they kind of jammed them together and to make money. They obviously went with the goofy side.
1: Yeah. Well, but, uh. It was originally The Last Ronin, as well as Ninja Turtles number 1, are both dedicated to Frank Miller.
0: Yeah, I was going to get into it later. But and yeah. Jack Kirby. And it's very, very obvious. And it's very obvious. <laughs> when you read The Last Ronin, it's like, this could be just a Daredevil story.
1: It is, <laughs> and it's in a like, way. It just could be. You kind of, yeah, like, especially Frank <laughs> Miller's Daredevil run really <laughs> permeates.
0: Yeah, his the Last Daredevil one. run, and, and even uh, Dark Knight Returns. It's and Dark Knight like, Returns, It feels too. so similar to yes. that. Yes,
1: like this kind of blending of Frank Miller's yeah. great-
0: His greatest hits. Great
1: runs. Yeah. Hey, it's like I always do. If you're going to steal-
0: Steal from the best. Steal
1: from the best. It's true. Right? so
0: And it feels very much like that. Yes. And which I, again, as an adult, I love it. It's really, really, really good. With,
1: of course, because it's set in the future, some neat dystopian aesthetic- Yep. Thrown in a little bit, you know, like of- terminator here
0: yeah that's true fifth
1: element or or, or blade runner yep. you know and those that aesthetic style really really shines through like uh, we can start with the art i think yeah, the art let's start they, with the art the art they nailed the art
0: it is really really good and not that it's super smooth or super polished and that's kind of no the point
1: and i and that's kind of the point
0: it's gritty and grainy and it's best it's gritty and grainy
1: yeah like so- uh this is a story that happens in the present and in the past. Yes. Because it, it, it has to refer to flashback.
0: Flashbacks a lot.
1: A yeah. lot in order to build the narrative. And uh, a couple uh Pencilers, the Escorza brothers, mm-hmm. did the, the the current day.
0: The mo- yeah, and it's which thin is the cleanest. Lines,
1: yes. It's thin lines, super clean, super gritty, yep. super fast, but also uh, Ben Bishop. Is the penciler of the, the nostalgic? We will say right. nostalgic because they happened in the past.
0: Yeah, in like the nineties.
1: In the nineties, they're all shit memories though.
0: They're all yeah, that's true.
1: The color palette is even different. Yep, It the aesthetic is the art is a little more rounded, thicker yep. pencils.
0: It's lighter colors. Yeah.
1: Lighter colors yep. looks a lot more like it could have been a Ninja Turtles cartoon. Yeah, exactly. And that that is all I I think intentional of in course it the is. aesthetic. Yeah. Like it's very much a fit either way. Like it's like even like the golden times look like the golden times, even yep. though they're not golden time memories. Yes. Because here's another spoiler This thing is loaded with sadness. Well,
0: it's all, yeah, it's all <laughs> bad. It's all bad.
1: Yeah. This is uh <laughs> mostly a very depressing story.
0: Yes. <laughs> even the happy like moments where they, uh, they're coming back together when they're finding out that each other are alive. It's not super happy. <laughs>
1: No, it's, it's under not bad under, circumstances. It's, it's under terrible circumstances. Yeah. yeah.
0: And uh, and then the other artist you didn't mention was Kevin Easton himself. Oh yeah. And he did the like the personal journey kind of the stuff. The journey,
1: Mike Oh, okay. Well I might as well say it. Michelangelo's memories.
0: Yep. Spoiler alert, it's the last Ronin is Michelangelo, which is a weird choice. But no, we'll it's get back not. to that. We'll get back to that.
1: Yeah, we will get back to it. Yeah, yeah. and it's funny, even as I was reading it, because those Mi- Michelangelo's memories, I'm like. This thick, blocky style reminds me of the very first comic. And yes. then I thought about it, and I'm like, "Oh, these are the Eastman it's because ones. it's Eastman." Yes, it's exactly. because of the Quite Eastman obviously. Ones. It's black and white. It's black it's and white. It's thick and blocky, super and- choppy. Yeah, and I'm like, "This looks like classic Ninja Turtles." Yes, and in a way, it kind of it's a perfect parallel. It is because the last Ronin is very much the Omega. To like the genesis of the comic, this yep. is like an alpha and omega story. Yeah, it's well, and that's it's meant to be the close of the epic, right? Exactly, so, and
0: not not all the stuff in between. It, it very much feels like the, that mirage run. That's what I was getting yeah. at earlier. Was that to me? This is like they stopped making that run when it got to the the cartoon style in the early nineties, and now this is the close. They went back to it, which I love.
1: Like I said, I I uh, I read an oral history of the making of this. Yeah. And Kevin Eastman is like, I. It was a privilege to make it. The energy I felt getting to write this story, yeah. was the same
0: it when you know, like in the mid
1: '80s when I was when me and, and Peter Laird were were doing this again. We had all this, you know, the fire just for fun from a creative they endeavor. They weren't making
0: the money; they were just doing it for fun. Yeah,
1: they're doing it for fun, and you're you're filled with passion, and you're like, "Fuck, maybe this thing takes off, maybe it doesn't," because this the last Ronin is clearly meant to be. Maybe the great Ninja Turtle story. One of. Yes. And it co- it's a complete success. Oh, yeah. Which this was one of my favorite comics narratives I've read in a long time. In a time. long,
0: long time. This is really, this, really good. It was done
1: with so much care. Yeah. It's from top to bottom. And I'm going to bring up a touchy subject. Okay. Because the uh, we will say that the, uh, the release schedule for this yeah. was intermittent. Yes. Now- we can get into it, and, and, but you know how controversial that an issue that is when it comes to comics releasing.
0: Yes. you know well, People are expectant.
1: People are totally expectant. And
0: then the other thing is that by having big gaps, it kind of fell off the radar even.
1: Yeah. When you come out with a new comic, and I mean, it's only a five-comic run every four or five months. Yeah. You know, you're right. You lose momentum.
0: Well, especially – and especially too, like if it's supposed to be every four months and one it turns into six – yeah. Those 2 months, people that are casual forget about it. And they in kept, fact, yep. sales dropped off from the first issue to the 5th. Yep. Because they kept having the gaps and and pushing it back. Like I think it's like issue 3 says the next one's coming out in November and it didn't come out till like February or something and it was like people that were not serious into it just forgot it existed. Yeah. Which is kind of sad.
1: But Eastman was like, "Look, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right."
0: Yeah. Exactly. Now
1: you you reread it in order to do this. Yes. All the uh All the comics are 40 pages. Yep. All the fight sequences, nothing is chopped.
0: No, it's solid all the way through. Each episode. Totally
1: elongated, you know, like nothing is wasted. No. It feels like a real epic. Yes. They're like, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. You know, like nothing gets left on the floor.
0: It's funny you mentioned that because I assumed with the schedule the way it was going into it. Because I didn't buy them all until the fourth one was already out. So I bought the first four and then waited for the fifth one. I assumed because of the schedule, the last couple were going to feel rushed. I just assumed. I was like, you know what? They were pushed to put these out because they've been delayed and delayed. But the reason they were delayed is because they didn't rush it. And you could tell. Yeah. That the craftsmanship is there. And so I was pleasantly surprised all the way through.
1: It could have been even like worse in a way. Because the original anchor that was supposed to do the flashback sequences for Ben Bishop, they had actually hired somebody else. Oh, yeah? And he had to duck out at the oh, last moment between- covid starting right and he had a a personal illness and there was a death in the family blah blah, blah. he had to duck out so his they had name, to find his, someone else yeah his name escapes me but they had to find someone last minute okay but i mean consistently i love the art through this comic well, going it back such to a the art it
0: is fit. really good it could it's funny because when i first started reading it i was like oh this is clearly a different artist when they flashed back yeah and it could have been very jarring been like oh that's like it's suddenly different and like have a different feel to it, but it actually makes it way better. It makes it smooth. You're like, oh, this is it's not jarring at all. It, it totally makes it's sense. It's actually appropriate. It's appropriate, exactly. Now, That's the perfect word. There's
1: uh there's been times that I've bought and say like solicitations from Marvel, Marvel books, yeah, where they've had two different yep. artists on the same book, and you go, you reach a certain yeah. and it's this it's and the, you're like, What the it, like jarring, said, jarring is jarring. the word. Yeah, you're like jarring uh, is the word. they you're didn't like, need
0: to do this, it just doesn't add anything. You're like, Yeah,
1: why why'd you pull someone off some other book where you could just let them finish the book? Yeah. You know,
0: that's exactly
1: because of the scheduling. And, but you're like, Nope, we want to, for two years, we want to sew these guys up. You're committed to this project. Every attention to detail that they could have taken with this. It's, it's It's so consistent throughout. Right. And that's, uh, that's what I love about it. Like it sits on a shelf.
0: Yeah. In a way it's a
1: graphic novel. That's true. You know? Yeah. Like, I, I really think Eastman is like, this is my opportunity to uh, to tell the one of the best Ninja Turtle stories.
0: Which I really appreciate because he has always been the marketing guy. Yeah. Eastman has always been the guy that like, he's the sellout, let's be honest. He's he the is. guy that sold out to make the money. And he's like, yeah, make the Ninja Turtles what you want. Change their bandana colors, yep. do whatever. Like, he, yep. he was all into it because he's like, larger audience, which I get. Larger yep. audience, more money. And that, and it's that, for that was reason, where the schism. Peter Laird is he dipped out.
1: Dipped out. That he was even involved as a story consultant was a big deal.
0: Yes, they've only recently this. kind of started talking again in yeah. very recent years. Yeah, there was a big, huge gap between them, there and was, so
1: there was a schism.
0: It's crazy to, for the fact, like for this to be made, they had to get his okay, his yeah. blessing. Yeah. And He he went for it. He's like, yeah, let's do it. And that's what I appreciate a lot about it too. Is like I said, it feels like. Like you said, when Kevin Eastman was passionate about it and he felt like privileged to write it, you feel that. You're like, yeah. hey, back to our roots to what I we originally intended. And especially for the guy that was the marketing guy that sold out to be like, hey, this is what I actually love. You can feel it. You can yeah. feel it while reading it. Oh, and, absolutely. And man, it, it made me reinvigorated myself about the Ninja Turtles, which is crazy. Because I thought that was a thing from my childhood. I I have passed on Ninja Turtles a long time ago.
1: Oh yeah. It felt like it felt like a phase, but then I started Reading early reviews about this, and I was like, Yeah, because I was always aware the Ninja Turtles was still on going everywhere.
0: Nickelodeon makes a hundred cartoons, yeah, like toys. There's so many generations of toys, yeah, that I am not even aware of. You know what I mean? I see them in this toy store, and I'm like, Yeah, as an
1: adult, it's not an exactly an intellectual property. I feel like I need to revisit,
0: no, exactly
1: something that hasn't really done any move the needle creatively in some time.
0: No, well, that's one thing about the Ninja Turtles that. The reason they're still around is that they're constantly rebooting themselves. Mm. They're not evolving; they just reboot themselves for a new generation. To their, I don't know if that's to benefit or detriment, but definitely they're sticking around. Like every generation has their own Ninja Turtles that identify with. Yeah. So, for I guess that's kind of what I, what I was getting at earlier is that for us, it was the early Ninja Turtles of the early cartoon and the toys and stuff. That was our Ninja Turtles. And most people think that's the original Ninja Turtles, but it's not. This last Ronin and the Mirage run is the original. Yeah. And as an adult, that's the one I appreciate. So I'm like, it's really cool to get back into
1: it. IPs with a long lifespan. I mean, it often, it has to recur like that. Yeah.
0: It has to, if you want to stay alive.
1: I mean, whether Transformers is the same, you know, like. Beast Wars. Yeah. It it has to evolve and change and be something new for a new generation. Whether or not that says anything creatively isn't. Another question. Well, I,
0: I think that's what I'm getting at is all these iterations of Ninja Turtles, I don't need to get into. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it's anything different that I haven't seen before. It's just new versions of the same Yeah. for a different generation of, of kid, right? Whereas, like I said, this feels like it was made for the original. When it was originally made, it was made for adults. And I feel like this is just a continuation. And now I can appreciate it uh, as an adult. So this is almost like a new Ninja Turtles for me it's kind of cool it's a it's a it's a neat feeling
1: you took it back to the beginning
0: you took it back to the beginning yeah yeah i i really i really appreciated that reading this
1: yeah this this also might seem like a weird thing to say but I'm an advocate of simple storytelling
0: well that too yeah
1: because you can really delve into real universal themes yep Honestly, like one of my main struggles with modern X Men is they only seem to be able to tell like Oof. ultimate universes or time travel Over stories. The top, and I'm like, yeah. okay, you pull back your big brain and just yeah. get a an arc of a simple revenge story.
0: There's nothing. You can't pick up a single X Men comic and just read it because you don't know what's going on. Yeah, you have to read 20 comics to know what's going on in that
1: one. So, to me, it's a, a lot. <laughs> yeah, because you have an ongoing, in the case of Ninja Turtles, 40 year narrative. Yeah, now. I think I've probably described this to you before. Comic book writing to me should almost be like wrestling writing. Yeah. Whether or not you've been a fan for 40 fucking years and know absolutely everything about the lore, you know absolutely everything there is to know about Ninja Turtles, or it could be the first time you pick up the book, yeah. you can be just as engaged. Yes. And that was maybe a, in a book with tons of strengths, the biggest strength for me about the Ninja Turtles. Oh, for sure. It is about The Last Ronin. It is such an incredible self-contained story.
0: Yeah, it really is.
1: If... I, if you don't know anything about the Ninja Turtles, I highly recommend this story. Yep,
0: you still can, it, it tells you everything you need to know.
1: Yes. Yep. You're never lost. No. It, it's incredibly simple. And not in
0: an over-convoluted way where it's no. like, okay, they're droning on about stuff that you should know. It's like, it's just little bits and pieces. Yes. That give you what you need Just for the story.
1: There's just enough about the background characters, the lore, et cetera, that you, that you, that you know enough to get by. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be an, an old man like me or you who grew up in the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like you don't even have to know who Raph, Donnie, Leo and Mike are before you get nope, started. Nope. You know, you can just,
0: you learn that they're jump the, the right brothers. in. Yep.
1: You know, like you're, you're given everything you need to know in a very simple and direct way. And it's, it's incredibly strong writing.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I really appreciated, uh, like you said, the, the adult themes in it and the simple story of him going through, his final mission, carrying out the mission, right? Well. That's, that's really what it comes down to. Is you, just...
1: you learn right away about his family's long-term. Yes. Their long-standing feud, you know, like Hamada Hamada clan and uh, Oroku clan. You yep. know, it goes back generations and generations. Goes all the way
0: back to Japan.
1: Yeah. All the way back to Japan. And, you know, their life in New York, their friends, April, Casey Jones. Yep. Uh, the Fugitoid. They're people, basically, right? Yeah. It's just such a strong Ninja Turtle story.
0: Yeah, well, and on that that no, you're mentioning the characters. I loved the really the core theme of this is about family. Yes, and that's what and that like that's his new like he thought he lost his whole family. Yes, and he comes back and he realizes that he still has some of his family. Let's, and it it actually alters his mentality because he's ready to die in the first yes.
1: issue. Yes. Well, let's get into the nitty gritty. of this yeah, story. Okay. Okay. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I think because we've been
0: we're there. We're there.
1: <laughs> we're the, we're there because. Whew. Well let, let's go through it basically. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now, Mikey has lost everyone. Yes. He is he's come back to New York after years in exile yeah. in order to avenge his family.
0: Yeah, where he actually in exile was ready to die.
1: He was in exile. He realized that he
0: has a mission to finish. Yes. Because he's going a little insane.
1: Yeah. He well
0: <laughs> we'll get into when that. When you
1: spend a decade out in the wilderness <laughs> in trying solitude. to find peace and solitude, yeah. you do go a little insane. Yeah. You know, he comes back to New York. He's either, and I love how this is purposely vague. Yep. He's haunted by either literal ghosts or grief hallucinations of his brothers.
0: Yes. I took it as grief hallucinations myself, but yeah, it could be literal. But ghosts,
1: it's a lot like Calvin and Hobbes. There's no definitive answer that to the is question.
0: True. Yeah. You just know that someone's, actually, even through the whole first issue, someone is just talking to him off page. Yes. You don't even know that they're not there. Yeah. To be honest, like, they could be there, they're just not showing it. Yeah. But that would be a little weird, but then you find out at the end.
1: You put it together brick by, brick by brick yeah. that he's dealing with survivor's guilt. Yes. And like you said, he's come back to complete his mission to avenge his family, yeah. his fallen brothers, and discovers that some of his family is still alive. Yeah. Because you're right, the core, the core theme of this whole thing is family.
0: Yeah, it's all about family.
1: And... He thinks his mission has failed and being, you know, like devoted his life to the Ninja way for so long. He's like, well, my only options here is, is to commit seppuku. To t- take myself. Yeah. Which is okay. Cause it's Mikey and that's a big part of it. Yeah. And it's why it was such a perfect fit for, choice, uh, yeah. for, for narrative. It was always going to be Mikey, according to Kevin Eastman, because yes,
0: it was their choice. Yeah.
1: The very first Ninja Turtle had nunchucks yes so in his mind mikey is the first it's the
0: first one yeah
1: but also splinter is mentioned along the way that the most naturally gifted fighter is mikey right so if he ever actually applied himself, applied himself yeah he would be a ninja non pare. you yeah. know like he and he finally has the motivation in order to do that but it's just because everything that he he loved is gone yeah you Know so, but he thinks he's failed in this mission, and he's like, Well, my honor dictates that all I have left now is suicide, yeah. And he starts to bleed out, he can't do it, and he's saved by his friend's daughter,
0: yeah, that's right, which he didn't know at the time,
1: which he didn't know at the he time. He stole her
0: motorbike, but he didn't know he it was did hers. steal her
1: motorbike, <laughs> yeah, because he well, he thought it was some random
0: just a random motorbike,
1: <laughs> he's like, You know, so he's like, April's still alive, you yeah. know, like, which was.
0: That was a mind blower for him.
1: Yeah. And well, for April too.
0: Yes. Both because
1: of them. she didn't know Mikey was still alive. They've yeah. been leading these parallel lives for years, yes. you know, like Mikey lost in the wilderness in Japan trying to, you know, yep. grieve and heal and, and April trying to lead a resistance because this is, of course, this makes perfect sense. The foot gets a real foothold in New York once the turtles, the turtles are, gone.
0: are gone. So they've. What's they... their opposition? Now? Exactly. Right. Yep. They, so
1: all of that is so narratively strong. It yep. all makes sense to me.
0: Oh, yeah. It, it totally... You know, there's nothing... Exactly. You're right. D- nothing doesn't make sense. You're just like, yep, of course that's what would happen. Like, yeah. Like April's healing in the hospital and she's like, yeah, and the foot are taking over and there was nothing I can do about it because all the turtles were gone and Casey's gone. Their
1: allies are gone.
0: Their allies. Like everybody is gone. Everyone's
1: gone. You know, so...
0: She had, she had the one thing of hope. Honestly, that was something too is like it turned out she was pregnant, right? And that's the one thing that honestly keeps it going. Kept like she, her going. Because if she did wasn't pregnant, she probably just goes back to living her life. And But because she has her kids, well, she keeps the fight going.
1: Or falling into or, real despair.
0: Or even, yeah, exactly. You Lose know? it loses, right? Yeah. But she fights back and like she's missing her leg and her arm and-
1: And becomes leader of their resistance. becomes
0: leader of the resistance because yeah. she has to. Because she, she has, has to protect to. her daughter. You know,
1: yeah. she adopts this real Sarah Connorness. That's a gr-
0: very apt, uh,
1: you know. I only just comparison. Heard of that, but no, it's very, very much true. So right, that's what like, she
0: is. She's the Sarah Connor. Yeah.
1: She's like, I need to be the skills and the strength here. Yes, you know, like because I know what this is, and no yeah. one else does. Yeah. So she's very much the Sarah Connor in all of this. Yep.
0: That's that's very smart. Yeah.
1: You know, and and in a way, you know, her daughter is the future. So it all yep. it makes sense, right? But from there, we build. A lot of it is flashback, brick by brick, how we got to this point. And it's it's weird to think about because the turtles are just on a surface level such a fun franchise. Yep, seeing how they all come to their ends is so incredibly heartbreaking.
0: It is very heartbreaking. This is a
1: tough read.
0: Yeah, and like when they show like the first one, uh, Raph goes first. It all makes sense. And it sense. goes down
1: exactly how you think.
0: Exactly. That's the other thing is they all die in the exact way you'd think they would. Yes, they do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because, spoiler alert, yeah. you know, the the foot and the truce, which, again, great writing. Yes. Because you got to, you can only put this together piece by piece and assume, but the truce is in place because Splinter beat Shredder. That's right. So, the it foot It kind of comes
0: up later. He, he killed Shredder.
1: He killed Shredder. Like, it's, and so- the foot are like, okay, uh, truce, yeah, you know, and and the turtles, of course, are like, okay. good because we Peace don't over want fighting. to yeah. fight, yeah, we won, but we will live with the truce. But of course, you know, the Arakus, the, the, the foot, the they're the daughter
0: of Shredder, cry, is like is nuts gonna, to that.
1: She's well, they're gonna, you know, build their forces and pl- you know, yep. serve that revenge cold, right. Yep. And that's exactly what they do. Raph goes off the handle after the ambush, thinking yes. Splinter is going to die. Goes one man mania, takes on the whole foot and cry by himself, and almost fucking wins.
0: Yeah, almost kills Electra or which you know, <laughs> Ninja Turtle Electra. Yeah, <laughs> leader of the foot, <laughs> the hand.
1: <laughs>
0: but anyways, yeah, he almost does. That is does an it. apt comparison. Yeah, he almost does. Well, I mean they they basically ripped that off on purpose.
1: They did. Wait. The, we said before frank miller Come
0: going on. back to frank miller's daredevil is yeah. they created the ninja turtles in a loving because they loved daredevil so much so literally the foot is the hand yes like it's it's not a coincidence
1: wait 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 <laughs> <laughs> foot and hand
0: yeah exactly
1: so, anyways, oh, okay.
0: so the so point is when they made it Shredder. Someone
1: should owe someone some money.
0: When they made it, when they made it Shredder's daughter, I was like, that just makes sense because they got to throw in Electra there somewhere. Of course, leader of the foot. But she anyways, just got
1: the headband going on.
0: She, if you if you look at it, those yeah. few panels she's in, she looks like Electra.
1: Oh, and the energy is the same is too, it, yeah. and. That to me was one of the best fight sequences it's I've read in a long time. Yeah,
0: and Raf almost does it if and he if he's just able to hang on to her a little longer, right? Well,
1: you know what? If he didn't tire himself out killing like five hundred other ninjas, right? Maybe if, I think he wins.
0: Yeah, smart move on his part trying to drown her because he's a turtle. Well, yeah, it's true. He's
1: take it to the water.
0: Yeah, yeah, smart move. But anyways,
1: he almost pulled it off.
0: Raph dies going off alone as a hothead. Totally makes sense.
1: Uh, yeah. If you know anything about Ninja Turtle lore, that's the, that's a fit. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out that they get double whammied. Yeah. You know, like... Well,
0: so this leads to kind of another truce. Yes. Because Raph kind of does win in that she's stuck in a coma, the leader. Yes. So they're kind of in limbo until her son is old enough to take over.
1: Yeah. At 16, he takes the reins. Yeah.
0: So it's supposed to be 10 years. So 10 years of peace. Yes. Because... Raph took out the leader he didn't kill her but he he took her out enough to incapacitate them
1: and I mean the turtles are doing their thing but they're not training for war
0: no, no.
1: you know it's it's peacetime
0: yeah exactly
1: it's not like they're integrating into society because they can't but right. it's but they're living their best turtle lives
0: yeah so basically like you said they got the double whammy Ooh. so when this uh when the grandson takes over he uh double crosses them yeah says he wants truce but his whole point is to split them up and uh, kill them, which he does. He does. Shockingly. He's successful. And and again, going back to it makes the most sense, like Donatello went with Splinter to Japan to broker the truce. Yep. And they get double-crossed and killed. And Donatello's killed protecting Splinter, which makes a lot of sense.
1: Not only does it make a lot of sense, but as Kevin Eastman says, also he's like, uh, he said as well, he's like, well, Donatello would fly the plane. Yeah. And I'm like, that also makes sense.
0: That does make sense, too.
1: <laughs> so, and they're like, Leo would stay behind to take care of things.
0: He's, yeah, he's the new leader while Splinter's gone.
1: And he's like, and and you know, you wouldn't bring Mikey to a parlay.
0: No, you wouldn't. <laughs> no, no. Maybe a parte <laughs> Yeah.
1: you <laughs> like, this shit's boring. Yeah. Like, he's like, this is, I want some real Japanese sushi. You yeah, know what that's... I mean? Like,
0: <laughs> And then the other one is Leo dies. Doing the Leo thing. Leo and Casey. Being the last in the breach, you know, like once more into the breach and uh, holding off trying to save everybody.
1: Well, you know what I actually, I, I loved, I don't, what did you think of in that moment when uh, when Leo and Casey have kind of have their last stand? They have a real Butch and Sundance Yes, moment.
0: they do. Yeah, that is a very good way of putting it. You yeah. know, that's, that was, yeah. that was they exactly. They knew they were going to die.
1: They're like, and they're cracking jokes. Yep. Because there's a trillion of Baxter Stockman's Mausers coming yes. down on them, and there's this real peace to it, and that in a way makes it even sadder.
0: Yes, it is. It, like they totally like, like I said, Casey jumps in as he always does, first into the fray. Yep. Right, hot-headed, kind of like Raff.
1: Well, that's why but they always. Little, that's why they bonded so fast. That is why they because they're so similar.
0: But also, he's a little more controlled, and Leo, of course, was going to be the last one. Leo is always going to be like he's. Leo was always the bravest one. You know what I mean? He was the most calculated. Disciplined. Disciplined. They knew, he knew in that moment that that was it. That was the end. Yeah. And he said, we'll hold them off as long as we can for you to get to safety. Because they knew they weren't weren't going to be. No. And it was, like you said, it was almost, it was very heartbreaking because it was like, well... They know they're dying, I so obviously remember. we know they're dying.
1: Yeah, I can't remember the last time I heard somebody talk about pizza in such a sad way.
0: Yes, exactly, because they knew they weren't getting that pizza. They
1: they knew they were. Leo is never going to eat pizza again.
0: He's reminiscing about his favorite pizza,
1: and it's gross as hell.
0: Well, it's got jalapeno. Well, no, what was it? It was
1: like peanut butter and jalapeno or something. <laughs> it was goofy. It was a goofy yeah. pizza. And Casey
0: Jones is like Casey yeah. just
1: goes gross. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Dude, that's gross. <laughs>
0: but yeah, and then the, the, the explosion takes them out because Fugitoid basically tells Baxter that he won't go alive. And so he's like, all right, none of you. But
1: I was like, all right, cool then. i are you all then. up. Yeah. And, and In a way, I actually, The Last Ronin also functions as a fantastic greatest hits.
0: Yeah, oh, for sure it does. And that's kind of what we're getting at is that yeah. they all die in the way they should. It and integrates
1: then, Baxter into the story And it brings too. the
0: characters that you remember. Well, yeah. even, even Fugitoid, I didn't expect that to be in this story
1: it was meant to be a real throwback it was a real there. throwback yeah like you know kevin eastman said he, he really want to include the fugitoid because he's like that's that was peter laird's baby yeah you know like well and, well done yeah and getting honey cut in there yeah. like it, like because that's that's some lower level you know less more obscure turtles lore there yes but anyways all these deaths happen yeah mikey is a, a mess Travels well, to Japan to yeah. figure, you know, because he thinks Splinter and Donatello still might be alive.
0: Yes, that is true. That's why he goes there because he doesn't know what else to do.
1: He doesn't know what else to do. He, he th- assumed
0: everybody died in the in the blast.
1: April included.
0: April included, which you know, he almost did.
1: Which she almost did. It cost her an arm and a leg, literally. <laughs> but uh, you womp, know, womp. <laughs> gallows gallows humor. There's yeah. a lot of gallows humor in this yes. in this story. But you know, Mikey goes out into the the wilderness to die. Yep. He can't because of his mutation, Yes, which is one of another one of those cruel ironies of life, you yeah. know, because.
0: Well, that's, that's another thing that I thought was kind of cool is that his mutation, he's getting stronger as he gets Yeah, older. he gets stronger. It actually makes him stronger. Like in the first uh, issue, he falls from the building and then he's like, I should be dead. And he's like,
1: I should have, that should, the fall should have killed me.
0: And April's like, yeah, you should, but.
1: But you're getting stronger and your power, you, it's you're healing faster. Yeah. Yeah. But. We find that's where we if we bring Mikey back to the beginning, uh, where right. we find him, right? And again, I, I love the, the introduction of, like I said, either ghosts or or grief yes. hallucinations, but he's still racked with this survivor's guilt.
0: Oh yeah, the whole time, right until the end.
1: Yeah, right, right until the very end, until he can finally let go. But one of the incredibly, I mean, Kevin Eastman will tell you, if he really downplays the allegory and the, the metaphorical power of these kind of things, he's like, well, yeah. part of it is just to hide the reveal yeah. of who the last Ronin was. Right. So you can build up hype around who it's going to be.
0: Which they did very well in that first issue, too. Very well. excellent. Like, he's very carrying one well. of each of their weapons yep. as, like, memento and using them. but
1: like Memento and using, but, but it's, it's not also, obvious who it is.
0: You have no idea who it is. He's wearing a black bandana. He's wearing a
1: black bandana, which has incredible metaphorical power for exactly. a couple of reasons. Like, I mean, beyond obscuring... The fact that it's Michelangelo, but he's, there's no color to what he's doing. He's on a mission of vengeance. Yeah. You know, he's here to deal death, but also this is, these are acts of grief. Yes. You know, he's. Which you
0: wear like a black band or whatever. Yeah.
1: It's it's a color of mourning. Yeah. You know, like he's avenging his brothers. Yeah. So, like I said, that was downplayed, but uh, there's some real allegorical strength to some of this too. There's, there's some symbolism. Yeah. Which I appreciate, which is. Oh yeah. Awesome in a Ninja Turtles.
0: It is. In fact, comic. it's funny because um, at the end of it, when it reveals it's Michelangelo and he lays out the weapons and the bandanas. Yeah, I was actually surprised to see they were different colors. Yeah, I kind of thought they would just be all red, like in the original run, right? No, so I thought they it they were
1: really... they were the how they were introduced to the world in the cartoon.
0: That's right. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was really cool too because uh, that's one thing that they changed for the cartoon and stuff that it kind of gives them their own identities. That they're very much more individual. That yeah. again, you 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 said it with the greatest hits. It leans into that in this yes. comic. Yes, that they're their own people. They're different.
1: You get a real other. sense of their different. Yeah, yeah and actually, personalities.
0: there's a point where he even says that in the comic, where he's like, "We were all so different, yet the same." Yeah, the all four of us, right?
1: And I mean, of course, there's that extra level of sadness is that Mikey has to go the furthest to become this instrument of vengeance. Yeah. Being the most loose, you know.
0: The most least invested least in this invested jitsu in stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's like, look, he's, he's the party he's dude. He's the
0: party dude, literally.
1: <laughs> you know, the, his time away, trying to come to grips with everything that's happened, but also in a weird way, getting to know his father better by continuously rereading his journal. and. Yep. Dedicating himself to the ninja path and to like training, like a motherfucker, mastering techniques. He's, you know, when he's the best version of himself is when he comes back to enact his revenge. Right? This is at its core just such a simple, beautiful revenge story. Yeah, you don't have to fuck with storytelling too much in order to do a compelling story, and I think that gets lost in a lot of people want to go the Game of Thrones route all the time and with these swerves and everything,
0: super convoluted, yeah, super
1: convoluted, complex. You don't have to do that all the time. No,
0: you can make it. You a can nice, take these very
1: simple universal themes and tell super compelling yeah. stories. And the last Ronin is spectacular at that. Yeah. A family feud.
0: Yeah. That's just basically all it is.
1: It's it's all it is, right? Yep. A classic. Yeah.
0: Classic story.
1: Mm-hmm. <sighs> this is good beer.
0: I know you're you're almost done there. Yeah. I didn't think we we're gonna have to get a second one, but we might.
1: We're coming up on it. We're coming up on it. Mm. What else jumped about the last run into you? Uh,
0: I think we touched on all the major things. I, yeah. did, I did, like I said, like they leaned into, you don't need to have a knowledge of the Ninja Turtles to read this, but it does no, help. Like It does said, help. It does They talk help. about the history quite a bit yeah. throughout it. And so like, even when, when Casey first meets Michelangelo and she's like, Hey, my mom told me all about you. And like, you're the funny one. And it's like, if, like, we keep referring to it, like, Michelangelo's the party dude. Yeah. But, like, if you- You
1: don't get any of that from these books. I was
0: just going to say, if you read just this comic, you're like, he's not funny at all. He's not funny at all. But because he's past that, right? Well- But I love that, that they mention all those sort of things. They kind of, all the characters have very limited, like, besides Michelangelo, have very limited amount of time in the books, but you get a real feeling of who they are. Yes. Like- very limited amount of Leonardo, limited amount of Donatello, but you know who they are. Yeah, they, they do an excellent, excellent job.
1: The writing is superb.
0: It's superb. Casey Jones, like he's he's in one issue for a little bit of it, and yep. you're like, oh, I get who that guy was. Yep, and the, that's exactly the writing is very, very good. But for or clean, you get a simple we, story. We haven't
1: even talked about it at all, but you get a real sense of who Splinter is too.
0: Oh yeah, very much so.
1: I mean. Even when you read this, you're like, fuck, he is kind of really naive. Yes. And frustrating. It's, yeah. But it's because he is so devoted to that, to the, you know, the ninja way of life. Yeah. He's like, I am, you know, like he was always working towards peace. Yeah. Even if it meant he's like, look, I'm going to assume the worst and hope for the best.
0: Yeah. Which is how he ends. That's how it goes down. Yeah. But he does take weapons at least. And he's a true badass in the end. I love that. Yeah. I love that you get to see
1: how. Kick ass Splinter,
0: like, he's Master Splinter for a reason,
1: and you understand, you know, his son's reverence for him, for him, you know, and how close knit they were exactly
0: because you always see the Ninja Turtles fighting, and Splinter's just like the old guy that teaches them. And they were like, Oh man, Master Splinter, and then he just wrecks shit in the end, and yeah, oh yeah, right, because he's the master.
1: It was like when Yoda first started to do flippy shit, you know, when using the lightsaber,
0: yeah, you finally got to see (laughs) it, like, oh yeah, (laughs)
1: yeah." you know, (laughs) now I get it. Like, I get it now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I love that they highlighted the characters. So like you said, it's such a simple story and it's very streamlined. It's not like, there's not a lot wasted. That's not a knock. but It's a strength. No, exactly. It's a strength. But within that, nothing gets lost. No. Like no no characters get glazed over or anything. Like it's it's very loving.
1: Uh, like As a reader, you're not ever having to reach for information. No, exactly. Everything is given to you.
0: And not at the expense of the action either. It's very action-packed.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: like for a comic even. It is d- a delight. It's a, yeah, exactly. It's a delight to look at. It's a you're delight watching it. yeah. to look
1: at. I was going to, I didn't know when I was going to bring this up to yeah. you, but like, I know for a fact, even though I'm not well integrated into that world, that DC, for example, does an excellent job of animating. Oh yeah. M- making animated movies. Yes. That very are very adult oriented. Yep. They have to make this as, an, like, an animated oh, movie. Oh, man, if someone doesn't... If they did it and did a great job, it, I think be it could... so good. Yeah, I think it would be incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. You know, like, it would be, I think, one of the things that Ninja Turtles is really remembered for. Yes. It would instantly be the best Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you man,
0: I, I really hope somebody's working on it, because...
1: Because I think it would make an absolutely phenomenal movie.
0: Yeah, and it would. It, it honestly could be like they make a lot of Ninja Turtles movies and cartoons for straight to video or mm-hmm. straight to streaming, whatever you want to call it,
1: or rebooting the cartoon as but a serial. This would be on the level of,
0: well. of like Into the Spider Verse, where it could be a theater yeah, release. It could because it's that good of a story. Yes, but again, it's it. It's an adult story. So, but not fully adult. Like you don't have, it's a, a lot of it is too, is he fights robots and stuff a lot of the time. So you can make it for kids that way.
1: Yeah. They
0: they do cop out that way as the cartoon did, right? They made the foot, well, but he does slaughter a ton of real ninjas.
1: It's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because, uh, Ben Bishop, when he was working on the, the Raph versus Cry yeah. sequence, he's like. I don't know how much of this is going to get past the censors. Right. Because... These are it's, real people. It's, it, it, these yeah. are real people and it gets rough at times. Yeah. Like even when Raph dies, you can see Karai's knife through his throat. Yeah. These are... It's it's not when you were eight Ninja Turtles. No. And uh, Eastman said to him, he's like, we'll do what we used to do back in the old days. Yeah. Push off the deadlines to the very end and they'll only have so much time to censor it.
0: Yeah. You can only fix so much. <laughs> You only have so much time. And that's
1: what they did. They basically just barely hit their deadlines. That's funny. And they're like, we they they didn't change much. Yeah. So this is about as R-rated as the Ninja Turtles are gonna get. <laughs> you know, which is a totally, totally fitting. Yes. Not just in the, the flashback sequences, but in Mike's modern day fighting oh, yeah. sequences. Yeah. The the pacing and power is palpable yeah. from the page. It just has an incredible action energy. Yeah. Which
0: like you said, this would translate it should. very well it really to, to, should. to a movie format.
1: Yeah, as as an action comic, yeah. in a in a visual medium, it just it's an absolute delight. Yeah. It you really know? it
0: really is. Reading through it, it's it's a lot of fun. Like I said, it it moves very quickly, but not at the expense of story, which is it's kind of crazy because it's they struck the perfect balance. Mm-hmm. Right? Like they tell enough story to, to it's a simple story, but they tell enough that you know what's going on. And then they show a lot, but it's not like you're not going through the pages being like, Oh yeah, more action, more fighting, more fighting, waiting for story. It's well, kind of perfect the that way that equilibrium
1: it. is very important. It's very important. Because it gives weight to the action. Yeah. And anything, if you don't give a shit about the characters, then why should you give about the shit about the action and vice versa? Yeah. You know, there there needs to be give and take. In, in comic book storytelling and the last Ronan nails that yes. you care about the characters so much that you want to succeed them, succeed in their fights. And the fights are not just so long and drawn out yeah. that it doesn't give enough shrift to the character moments. Yeah. So the balance is struck perfectly. Yep. And not only do you get a, a, you know, an old arc with Mikey, you get a new arc with Casey Marie.
0: Yeah, that too.
1: Because it, this kind of, you don't really think about it until the very end, but she, was, she loses out on something too. Yeah. She's a new character, but yep. you're like, think of what she was cheated out of. In her mind, she's like, we're going to win the day. Yep. And I'm going to have a new sensei. And I'm going to be become a like, new Ninja Turtle. And it'll be like, just like the olden times. Yeah. And I'm going to carry the baton for my mom's family. And, you know, like, and- be part, and she would become part of the legacy. That's right. And that's stolen from her. Yeah. She's like, I have a sensei. And, you know, like, you can tell. She's, it's a big deal. It's a, not just, yeah, one of the original Ninja Turtles it's, who, she lives in their house. Yes. You know, like, the their pictures lair. are all over the wall. It's yep. like, you know, like, she's when the new X-Men the come to stories. Xavier Mansion, you know, like, yeah. you're just kind of surrounded by this legacy. Yeah. But the legacy's already gone. So you're like, oh, shit, this is, you know, like, she thought she was going to, she's like, well, well. We'll, we'll beat the Orakus and we'll take back New York, and this will be Ninja Turtle Town again, that's you right. know? And it doesn't go exactly to plan.
0: No, it does not. She gets sidetracked, and he's off on his own, and he finishes his mission, but there's an expense paid, right?
1: Yeah, but Which and that's how it needed to shake out, though. It
0: is exactly how it needed to shake out, and it makes the story that much more powerful.
1: There is no narrative missteps. No. In The Last Ronin it is perfect in that regard. Yeah. I don't want to use the word formulaic, but satisfying, I think.
0: That's a great you're like, word for I, it, I yeah. feel like
1: everything happens that should happen in the story. Yes. Like, we've talked on other podcasts that you need to be stretched, but not so stretched. Yeah. But, of course, this is a story we're talking about that where all the Ninja Turtles die. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you're already being challenged enough. That's true. I think.
0: But, I, uh, while we're on the moment, you're uh, talking about where the Michelangelo kind of beats her up and (laughs) says he's going to be her sensei. And it's such a big moment. Yeah. And, uh, it's funny because I knew at that moment that, that he was going to die in the end. (laughs) Like I kind of figured from the beginning he was going to, because that's kind of his mission or whatever. Yeah. But he came back ready to die. Like at the, at the end of the first, I think
1: that's literally what the first issue is called is ready to die.
0: Yeah. But the thing is, in the first issue, he like, he failed his mission and he's like, well, I'll just kill myself. Because he's like, I'll try my best, and if it doesn't work, whatever. He's ready to die. Like, that's the whole deal. But with April alive, and she has a kid, and this whole resistance, he's like, I actually have a family. I have something I have to live for. something to live and fight for. Apart right?
1: from vengeance.
0: Yeah. He's like, I have something to actually, this is actually really important now. Yeah. He's like, it was important to me. Like, personally, it was important to him to come back and fulfill his mission. But now it's important on a bigger level.
1: Well, and it's why, during the assault on the Stockman compound he's like i hate this plan yes he's because he's to like, people are gonna die lives. he's like my yeah. personal vendetta should have nothing to do with these people with these people yeah. and yeah. april is rightfully like she's like we're at cross purposes man mm-hmm. like she's like i don't know if you understand this but your mission and my mission are the same mission exactly you know like we need to work together on this yeah and he's like she's he,
0: like now's the time whether you're involved or not
1: yeah your family beef is something I've been involved it's in for now a long my family time. Beef, yeah.
0: So we and they even try and strengthen that with with uh, Casey being a mutant kind of herself. Yeah, by getting contaminated, like almost like radiation, the mutagen making her kind of like blood family to the turtles. Yeah, that's what they tried to do. Yeah, I think that falls short a little bit in the comic. Uh, uh, it's unnecessary. So they tried, but you don't really feel it. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and it's not necessary. You feel the family her wanting to be part of the family without it yeah it's not necessary but again i appreciate what they were trying to do they were trying to make a yeah. legitimate family yeah and so and it makes mikey feel that way and so back to what i was saying that well scene it's is a so literal important. kinship
1: by blood note.
0: yeah but it's it's yeah and that important that scene is so important because like i said he's ready to die he doesn't he shouldn't really care about any of this but with all this stuff going on his new family again, he's like, look, I'll be your sensei. And at that moment, he's not ready to die again anymore. No. He's like, well, I got something He's I like, I do. have something to
1: live for now. Yeah. Which he was not expecting.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, like even April said, actually, like Splinter will be very proud.
1: The irony of that is I think that's part of the reason why he was able to finally to give himself the strength to cast his to brothers away. To actually finish it. Yes. Yes. You know, and to say like, look, it's... Yeah. I, I have to do this, yeah. you know, not just for my, my family legacy, but for the, for the future as well. Yep. Have his final showdown with, uh, oh, we had barely talked about. Yes. Uh, Araku. Well, I assumed
0: we were getting into that, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were working our way to it, but yeah, no, you're right. That's that, that was a huge moment because like you said, he was ready to let go of his brothers and the guilt. Of his family because he has his new family to look after. And even when he's having that final conversation with them, they're like, Hey, there's something weird about you. And yep. he's like, Yeah, you guys need to go away. He's like, I'm done with you. Yep. He's like, you know, you know, let me live in peace and you live in peace. Yep. Or die in peace, I should say.
1: But the thing is is also on a go forward basis, I mean, he either way, his the mission doesn't change. No. You no, know of course not. If whether it's Fighting for the ghosts of the past and your family legacy and honor, or or trying to or build
0: family of the future. Yeah,
1: you know his mission stays the same.
0: Yes, of course. So it's better there for them.
1: Yeah, very fitting in a way. It's a,
0: it's a very it's a very strong moment.
1: Very strong.
0: Yeah, and it's funny because it's a little a little moment in the comic, but I was just like, wow, it's really really powerful, and especially with like I said, April comes in and it's like Splinter would be very proud of you. And I mean, especially for Michelangelo.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. He clearly. Still has those kind of reservations and, and low self-image of himself, you know, yeah. like as – I mean, he bickers with the ghosts, it's but – It's really just him. <laughs> yeah, well, you said it before about how their personalities are so strong, you, you yep. get a real sense of that. He's like, I I can't do X as well as Leo, or I can't do – you know, like, yep. or I, I won't be Raph in terms – you know, like, even in terms of the vengeance, because he's like, I know Raph would be all about that vengeance. That's right, yeah. You know, so – Michelangelo technically isn't the youngest brother, but he has youngest brother syndrome. Yes, he is. If that makes sense. Yeah. The goofy,
0: immature. He always feels like the youngest. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. And that's what I was alluding to before when I said it's an odd choice. It's not the obvious choice.
1: No, the obvious choice is Raph.
0: Exactly. Because you're like, well,
1: it's a vengeance story, so get Raph.
0: Raphael's the obvious choice.
1: Michelangelo has the farthest to go in order yes, to get and there, and so it
0: makes the most interesting story. It makes the most yeah, interesting. It was story. the it was it was the right choice. I just that's what I meant was and it it's wasn't hurtful the obvious and choice. it's
1: hurtful to think of a broken Michelangelo. And yes, that's the other
0: thing exactly, yeah. Because a Raff story is a little more flat. You're like, yeah, well, that's who he's always been. Yeah. So it just goes on a straight.
1: Like path. you don't like the idea of a joy dying in a Ninja Turtle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Especially Michelangelo, and he so. was
0: always the light-hearted one of them. Yeah. Right. In a heavy situation, he'd crack a joke. Yep. And they'd be like, oh, right. But We're it's okay. just,
1: he's just, it's too much burden. Yeah. You know, it's just been too much. And so we, this is what we get now is the Mikey who, you know, like to the degree that he's like, I don't know if I'm ready to be somebody's sensei. Like he has his own reservations. About yeah, that's that. true. You know, he's, he's like, I could never do it as well as Splinter. And April's like, well, whatever. It's not like we got options here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're still so the best does, option. <laughs> yeah, he does his best as you know the best he can right yeah.
0: so uh well let's talk about the the final battle
1: mm. yeah I'd yeah we
0: haven't got into it much and shredder's grandson yep and uh being the main villain and they kind of try and set him up as this kind of like he's a little bit insane he's a little insane he's a little bit like crazy shredder it's kind of what they try to do. He he's like
1: crazy shredder but also mikey is kind of crazy too that's true so they kind of are counterbalanced kind of by this and I kind of understand what they were going for because it does, in a way, make sense. Because yep. he was not—he doesn't have a parental figure. Yep. He has been leading the foot since he was sixteen years yeah, he's old. He's a
0: little unhinged and he's power he, crazy.
1: Yeah, he has these real. And everything's
0: gone the way he wanted. He's real delusions, the city.
1: Mm-hmm. and he's right. You know, in a way that he's like I—I I achieved success in a way that my grandfather, the Shredder, who is that legendary. Yeah. Warrior, you know, that
0: splinter level warrior.
1: Rokusaki. Yeah. Yep. That I got to a level he never did. Yeah. He, I achieved something that he I he defeated of. the Turtles. Yes. And I took New York. Yeah. You know, that's that's not something the Shredder did, and Shredder was the, the man the man yeah. when he fought the Turtles. Yeah. Well. So yeah, they set him up to be this kind of batshit crazy asshole. Yeah. And it's good because it gives it gives the antagonist menace. Yeah, which a story like this, you need to hate him in order. And
0: that's really what they were going for.
1: Yeah, you yeah. need to hate this guy in order for Mikey's motivations to be strong. Yes, you know he's like, and look, the family line needs to end. Yeah, because that's how they would find peace between the two. There, it was never. It was always going to end in conflict. Yes, I think what another thing that Last Ronan stressed is that there was no peace between these families. Yes. You know, Very because, much so. You know, it was ne- it always had to go one way or the other. Like, yep. he's like, I'm the last of, Mikey is the last of his family. Sort of, yep. You know, and, and well. Yeah. He thinks he is. He thinks he is, he yeah. He thinks he is. And, and you're the
0: last of your family.
1: And Hiroto is, Which we don't know, is the but... last of, of you know, the Oroku clan, the, yeah. the foot. And he's like, look, either one line ends or the, or, or the other ends, yeah, and right? The
0: feud is over.
1: The feud is over. You know, like I'm putting an end to this. Yeah, and they have the last battle, which is another excellent battle.
0: It is really, really good. Yeah.
1: I don't know if you picked up on this, but uh Mikey uses his brother's weapons in the order they died.
0: Yes, I did you did pick up on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Again, very subtle and sly symbolism there, yeah. which I really like.
0: I loved that too, and he's like a gift from Raph.
1: Yes, he's like
0: every time he 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 gets them right with the weapon. It's like, he's like, this is for my brother.
1: Yeah. To, you know, say like, I come in a spirit of vengeance. Yeah. You know, like I am avenging my family for your fuckery. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like this is about the honor of my family. And again, very, very well done. Very samurai. Yes. I love that. Yeah. What of course ends up doing him in is not necessarily losing the battle, but his hubris and madness.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: You know, because he's like, I'm going to zap us.
0: Yes. Which just kills them both. And water is <laughs> sort of
1: a stupid idea yeah. when you're a human being. Yeah. <laughs> even though at that point, I think Mikey had... He had him. He had him.
0: He even, he even told him he had him. He's like, look, we're outside of your great empire, right? They were yeah. outside of the city. They got flushed out. Yep. Flushed down the drain. He's
1: like, we're in the sewers. We're, this is this my is domain. This is my turf.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, there was a lot of symbolism even during the fight. Like, you know, yeah. they're at the corner of uh, Bleecker and can't remember the cross street, but I mean, that's where their home was. That's right. You know, where the, where April lived, like, he's like, this is hallowed ground.
0: That's right. Yeah. He said that when they fell from the tower. Yeah. Right from the, like, that's the thing. They start at the top of the tower, which is uh new shredders. Yes. That's his throne. Yes. And they tumble down into the sewers.
1: He's like, we're on, we're on sacred ground here.
0: Yeah. This is where you killed my family. This is
1: where I lost my family and into the sewers. That's my turf. Yeah. You're on my home turf now. Yeah. Which is kind of awesome, right? But it it's not done in an ostentatious way. It's done in a very sly, subtle way. Yeah. And that's just strong symbolic storytelling. Yep. And, but they have a great fight. You know, Shredder gets, becomes like the T 1000 Shredder.
0: Yes, that's right. He gets his for another, armor that's for like, another
1: Terminator parallel. It's pretty much. Yeah. You know, like he's like Shredder, but, you know, like with the, not the T 1000. Is it the T 1000? Yep, yep. uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. With the you know the the, the metal Jason arms Patrick. and stuff, yeah. he's so got the,
0: that kind of magic armor that turns into knives and stuff.
1: Yeah, so they kind of they, they have a great battle and
0: and it ends the way you'd think it ends. Yep, they both die.
1: They both die. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with uh, with Casey Marie and April showing up just just not in time.
0: That's right. Mikey wins but dies because of it. And then uh, yeah, so I mean it's it's a great finale. Yeah, to me that's the like that's the end of the comic and it says the end and then it has an epilogue.
1: Oh, before that. Okay. Okay. Now, in the first five issues, okay, there's a couple moments where Michael Michelangelo has a, a blip in, a blip out. Yep. Yeah. So he was technically dead. Yes. The first time. Yeah. I didn't get that at first. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was just dreaming, and then he goes out, and I'm like- Nope. Oh.
0: And then he comes back, yeah.
1: And I'm like, okay, so, and then it blips in, it blips out, and then he goes to wherever we go when we die, you know, yeah. like- he goes to the Great Hall in Valhalla, or you know the their version of rooftops in New York.
0: Well, he's in well, yeah. First, he's they, he goes back to like their home in his bedroom, and they're like, yeah. his brothers are waking him up to join them,
1: right?" Yeah, yeah. it's like him coming into the Great Hall, exactly. You know, all in yeah. a way, like and he's yeah. reunited with his. They're family. like, "Get up,
0: you lazy ass! What are you doing? Still alive?" Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> not sleeping.
0: Like, like, why are you still alive he's out like, there? Like,
1: yeah, they're like, us three and Splinter and Casey have been waiting for your ass. We're
0: ready to rock out, and you are dragging your ass as We're usual. We
1: waiting to train, and you are
0: still asleep. <laughs> yeah, you, which and it, means alive. <laughs>
1: which, not going to lie,
0: emotional. Very much. So when the final, when he goes there, yeah. super emotional. Yeah. And not only that, it's the Ninja Turtles I remember. They're goofing around. They're goofing having fun.
1: Goofing around, having fun. Talking
0: about, it's fun claiming like, they farted.
1: the only time in the whole book... And it really, again, comes – it's very Alpha and Omega and gives that feel again to the – and you're like, this is why we fell in love with it in the first place. Exactly. That's, you know, these goofy Ninja Turtles, right? And it gives it that energy again and it's fantastic. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Yeah, it's a
0: very powerful moment. That's what I mean. And that's the ending of the story. Yes. And it even has the end. And then they – I think it was really smart to have that other as an epilogue. It's like, this isn't part of the story. It's a part of a new story. Yes. So, to me, I, I appreciated that because, to me, it's a little jarring to throw the epilogue on as part of the story.
1: Yeah. Are you referring to, like, the the post-credits epilogue?
0: They, it literally says epilogue. Yeah, the post-credits epilogue.
1: Basically. Yeah, like uh, the bits with... Uh,
0: with April and with, Casey. With April and Back Casey in the lair. Yeah. Pr- it says to be continued, right? Yeah. So, well, let's talk about that. At first, when I first read it, I was like, ugh, why'd they do that? It's a cop-out. To me, I was like, "Ah, search for more money. But I can actually – the more I thought about it, the more I appreciated it. Because I'm like, if it leads in the same direction, like the storytelling – if the storytelling is the same as this, I would read it. I'd be like, yeah, I'm in.
1: Two things I'm going to say about that. Yep. One, I'm a sucker for recurrence. Right. Okay. About the idea that there's nothing really – ever really new, just repackaged
0: yep. cyclical, yep.
1: cyclical that we, you know, I, I'm not going to delve. which
0: is me. very apt for Ninja Turtles. we talked is. about, it is. They're always rebooting themselves. So. I mean,
1: uh, like I, this story itself is an alpha and omega story. Yep. You know, the end is the beginning is the end and whatnot. And so I thought it was incredibly fitting. Yeah. You know, like even mm-hmm. that there's even a Casey to guide them and, yep. you know, the generations begin anew. And, also, if they're going to truly take back New York, New York is going to need some kind of
0: – Some sort of uh, – Some sort of green power. protector. Yep. We yep. will
1: say. Yeah, You know, some sort of fighting force. I mean, there's a reason why Mikey left the epilogue with with Casey because she has to
0: she, – Well, she's the new – It's been turned over to her, she's right? She's the new she splinter. She will be the
1: new splinter. Yeah. That's the reason I liked it because, like I said, I'm a sucker for recurrent stories. Yep. But two, they've actually already announced that they're going to rate that story.
0: Did they? Oh, I didn't know that. See? Yeah,
1: I actually only learned that yesterday.
0: I had no idea that they're gonna write that story. So I guess what I'm getting at is if they write it in the same style, as long as it's the same sort of format, I'm yeah. in. I'm all in.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. I'm invested in the story. If they I'm... make
0: it like, you know, like the original cartoon or like a new Ninja Turtle style, I'm probably dipping up. That's the only reason why when I first read it, I was like, ah shit. It was like they wrote this incredible story and then copped out to, to, to make more money. But if they keep the story the same kind of style going, it'll be excellent. Right? It'll be really you
1: good. You actually have a, a very strong... Narrative springboard from here.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Because you could go a lot of places, mm-hmm. you know, like through mm-hmm. the, the mentorship of Casey Marie to the new turtles. And it opens it up because back new York.
0: they're going to be new characters, I would assume. They're not going to make the turtles the exact same. I would hope not. No. Because she's making four turtles. Yep. Right? with And they have uh, Mikey's blood. Yep. With the mutagen in it, so yep. they can mutate them.
1: And, I mean, they have the old head in April now, who's yep. transitioned from, like, We will say the young buxom reporter to the old Yoda in the room.
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: You know, like she is now the scientist. Yes. You know, like she's come kind of coming full circle and having this whole life of living Ninja Turtle life, we will say, you know, (laughs) I actually think it could be a very interesting story.
0: I do too. Like I said, the more I thought about it, I was like, okay, I'm actually excited as long as they keep it. I think the only reason why I was a little cynical is because Ninja Turtles are known for rebooting and just reciting the same story, making it – if they if it didn't say, stay in the same narrative, like I said, I wasn't interested. Yeah. Because there's a lot of Ninja Turtles stuff I'm not interested in.
1: Oh, I'd like, say the vast, the vast majority of the output. Yeah. But I would say that this is something that they did with a real – aesthetic import in mind
0: then i'm very excited yeah i think think it has a lot of potential
1: like for the first time in my adult life i felt like ninja turtles mattered
0: yeah exactly
1: you know and i think that was a real
0: well that's really exciting news they're planning on writing it again now the question is do they get peter laird involved or is he dipped (sighs) out or what's the deal here
1: that is a different question yeah i can't speak to the behind the scenes stuff yeah yeah, because I think it's really early days for that. Yeah. We'll see what they end up doing. But it's exciting to think about.
0: It is really exciting to think about. No, as, that's really cool.
1: As somebody who's that's now really looking cool. for new also, comic properties that I can get invested in. Yeah, that's, that's this awesome. is an
0: easy one. I'm jumping in for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'll look because into it. Because I
1: was so blown away by the quality of the last this, Ronan.
0: Exactly. So good.
1: It's one of my favorite comic and book And I'd be even cool if they
0: time. released it the same, if they did it every few months instead of like a, a monthly or bi-weekly or... Yeah. If they, if they took the time to craft it in a every few months publication, I'd be in. And like these cost a little more than a regular comic, but every few months, that's cool with me.
1: Well, I've been waiting to mention this, but you you bought the, uh, the hardcover for me for my birthday. Oh, yes. Yeah. As a collected edition. And yes. it is beautiful. Oh, beautiful. The way that And they... it was like 30 bucks or 40 bucks? It was,
0: yeah, it was 40 bucks, I think. Yeah, for Canadian, many. I yeah. think it was 30 US, whatever. Yeah,
1: thir- so that's, you know, I... <laughs> It's not even I'd, expensive. And much it's better beautiful. to spend 30 or 40 bucks on that than dog shit weeklies.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: So I don't know. When it comes, I know guys have pull lists and stuff. I'm much more of a quality over quantity when it yes. comes to comic books. You, kind you of guy.
0: definitely buy far less. Like, I, for example, buy too many comics. Yeah. I tell you all the time about comics I buy and I'm like, Colin, it's garbage. Yeah. I, and like, I spent five bucks on that comic well, and I'm like, ugh. I,
1: fo- <laughs> I follow enough guys who do you know, the state of the comic book industry narrative and I'm like, why do you pay money for that? Yeah. I have, yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to tell anyone to spend their money, but I'm like, oh, how do yeah, they spend their money? But I know.
0: I'm very like, hopeful when it comes to comics. I've told you this before. I'm like, I hope, I hope. And then I'm usually let down. <laughs> there are some excellent stories out there, but anyways, this being one of them, this is like well, a high point.
1: I did my research before. I'm like, I'm going to read this and get invested in this. Right. Yeah. And I, I think this is one of the best comic book stories I've read in a long it's, time.
0: It's really, really good.
1: As a totality between the writing, the art, yeah. the pacing, the pacing it's it's an absolute brilliant story, and yeah. even if you're not a comic book fan, I highly yeah. recommend it. It's brilliant,
0: and I think that's what I was getting at as just as the ending, I really appreciated that the, the launch into the new story is an epilogue. It's not like part of the story. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the official story ends with Michelangelo dead well, with his brothers. That's and the I'm end like, of man, that is that is beautiful, and then starting the new story, which yeah. is cool. That's really cool to me. I, yeah. yeah, I. Well done. That's, well, again, that that's a great choice. Like, like you said, we were talking about this earlier is every choice was perfect. They made for this comic.
1: Yeah. Well, that note of hope is important. Yes. And that's what the epilogue leaves the story yes, on. it does. Because, okay, Mikey accomplishes his mission, but then kind of, then that's the end. Yeah. I mean, whether or not this falls into the main continuity of the Ninja Turtles or it was just an exercise in this is how it all goes down, one of the... Either way, you're like, well, this is how the story ends. Yeah, you know, but that that is the thing about life is it 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 goes on.
0: It, yeah, that's true.
1: So, whether you're part of it or not, yeah, it goes on. You know, as Jeff Goldblum once says, <laughs> it finds a way. Finds
0: a way. <laughs> so,
1: I, I I thought the epilogue was incredibly fitting. Yeah, and very sweet. Yeah. I, I I thought it was you know like yeah. But as a whole, this is a very rewarding comic book read.
0: Very, very good. Yeah. Uh, I guess I can't say enough good things.
1: Yep. I think we very got happy. that across.
0: Very excited. I wanted to talk
1: more comic books on the show, so I'm glad we read this. Yeah. And we'll do more. Yeah. Because this was excellent. From yeah. a, a property and I thought long dead.
0: On top of it, I'm me. very happy we got to do something Ninja Turtles. Because yeah. I told you that from the beginning, Ninja Turtles are a huge part of my young life. Yeah. like They were very important to me growing up. It was a big deal. Like, honestly, Ninja Turtles are probably- Not just you, man. No, but like, Ninja Turtles were more important. No, I know. But I just mean, Ninja Turtles were more important to me as a young human than like Spider-Man and, you know, Batman were, which are more important to me now. Like I read more of those comics yeah. now, but at that time, this was more important. Well, so it's nice to come back to at it.
1: At various stages of your life, I'm sure you can look back and you're like, this was my blank phase. Yes. You know, like the thing I was into at the time. Yeah. And
0: there's like a four or five year period where it was a, like Ninja Turtles where are my was thing that time.
1: Ninja Turtles is the thing I'm into because yes,
0: because they were awesome. when you're
1: nine they were fucking awesome. That's right. So.
0: And they still are. That's the 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 long well, and the short of it.
1: That is the other real takeaway for me that you have an IP that's almost forty years old. Yeah. And it, you one of the best stories that they ever did. Yeah. And it's something that's 40 years old. And I I always love that kind of stuff. Me too. I'm like, that's awesome that you can really, you know. Get
0: back into it.
1: Yeah. You don't want to say dead horse, but like you really can (sighs) pull something from, it's not new. It's just, it shows that in quality storytelling that you can do incredible things. Yeah. The real thing is care.
0: Yeah. And well, and we talked about that earlier. Yeah. It really, really shows through. Yeah. 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 I think that's it. Yeah. I think uh, we covered it pretty well. Please go read it if you hadn't dipped out and went and read it yet. Go read it. Yeah, please do. And and we talked about it. The uh, collected edition is a beautiful, beautiful, just book to have on your shelf.
1: Oh my goodness,
0: At an affordable price. Yeah, and a uh, great read. I mean, it's one of the the buys of the year.
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: If I hadn't bought I all, all the individual so. issues, I would definitely own it.
1: But yeah. It's, no, it's, it's a it's it's a beautiful beautiful yeah, go collection.
0: Buy it, so, and then uh, in the meantime, go to mm-hmm. Instagram, check out our account our account. Mm Beers.n.Banter.mc. Put stuff in the comments. Talk about uh, your Ninja Turtle experiences. Yep. Beers you like to drink. Uh, Anything. Just Tell us anything. Tell us to shut up if you're sick of us. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) We like reading your comments. So. But uh, yeah, on that note, party on, Colin.
1: Kalabunga, Mike. posture, an arm and a leg, literally.